0: Hello, and thank you for joining us here at Mental Health Insights and the Bible. This is the podcast where we connect mental health insights found in the biblical narrative. We are two counselors, myself, Craig, and this is Matt with me. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you doing, Craig? Oh, not too bad. And what we find out is that as we sit in sessions with people, so often there is easy ways to connect the common struggles that we go you know that we go through with what's actually found in the bible and and you know a lot of times whenever we look at the bible we don't see any of the words mental health or, or anything like that this wasn't a term that existed back then so we want to kind of unpack this and today we're going to specifically talk a little bit about this dominion piece that we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about last time And uh, we're just in this series right now where we're exploring the image of God and really trying to understand, okay, well, what does that mean and how does that uh, apply to our own mental health and, and our understanding of how we should be as humans? And this dominion piece, I mean, comes right on the tail end of, you know, man being created. So, uh, just for reference, for a lot of you that may have out your Bible and you're reading with us, um, you know, the first time that people, or, or in this case, you know, man, which is the word used as an umbrella term in the Bible, is used in the Bible is on Genesis 1 26. And that is. And God said, "Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have, dom- or sorry, <laughs> in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth." So this is <laughs> this is literally right after God is creating man. Talks about what our role is. Our role is to have dominion, and we want to start unpacking right. that a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Dominion is, I feel like, a hard word to fully grasp in this context. Um, we, we hear it and we understand it maybe in, in our own context, in our culture, uh, but the way that God intended it has a different twist or spin on it. Um, also, the way that we understand it is, you know, post-fall, And so every way that we see dominion come up through scripture after this, the way that we see it in our world today, it's tainted. But I love that passage that you read because it continues. Um, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth.
0: Not very many verses in there, and you get this dominion word again and again mm-hmm. and again. It has to mean something. Right. It has it's to be. repetitive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and and if any of you guys have um, read the Bible or at least read some passages, there's a lot of repeating things in there. And a lot of that, is, it, I mean, it's very purposeful Mm -hmm. in the way that it does this because we as a reader are supposed to kind of upload, you know, these repeated phrases to remember past stories and and phrases to kind of help really kind of expand on our understanding of what's actually being talked about in this current context. So thankfully we're starting out early, so we don't have um, a lot of these that we have to continue to upload, but even just like right here. So Matt and I were talking a little bit about this Dominion is not a word that's really used a ton in our current context. Um, I I know at the time of this recording, right, the only time that I can really think of it is that Jurassic World Dominion (laughs) that just came out not too long ago. And uh, that's a very different take on Dominion. Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Dinosaurs have Dominion. Right. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, just in preparation for this, we just want to kind of give you a definition of it and and what it means in, in our modern terms um dominion is the sovereignty this or control over something and uh for the, the you know in that's a pretty big deal god made us in his image and put us here on the earth to rule over and to
1: subdue
0: everything that he had just spent you know time creating <laughs> earlier in the bible mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what I love about that also is, especially in thinking of in terms of sovereignty, I love that word because that's what God is. That's what he has mm-hmm. over us, over every ounce of his creation. And so for him to give us dominion is another aspect in which we get to image God. Uh, we don't have dominion or sovereignty over him, no, but he has given us the blessing and the job of having dominion over every other thing. Um, yet just another beautiful way that God has said, you are unique, you are special, I am making you like me. Mm-hmm. You are set apart from everything else. Right. What a blessing.
0: Well, on that specialness is something we're going to talk a little bit more about, too, because this kind of plays into what we think about mental health and in our current terms, our current understandings. And like we kind of said in the first episode, a lot of this is us kind of discovering things that the Bible already spoke about with mental health. Um, You know, anyone that's really up-to-date on research or anything like that, especially in the field of psychology— a lot of things that we discover is that the Bible already speaks a lot to the things that we're, we're discovering and understanding, and it's no different right here. Um, but before we get more into that mental health side, I kind of want to talk a little bit about what, what Matt said with with the fall and, and how things have changed, and kind of stick a little bit with the biblical narrative here for a moment. So, you know, at, at this point in Genesis, the fall hasn't happened, but it's getting ready to happen here pretty soon, mm-hmm where uh, they're going to eat of the fruit, and once they eat of the fruit, they're going to gain knowledge of good and bad. And once they do, it's the first time that sin has kind of corrupted them, and they end up having to be cast out of Eden. So it, this is something that's so important because we have dominion, we have this sovereignty, we have this control, but that sovereignty and control goes through God rather than just on our own you know, our, our own knowledge, our own intellect, our our mm-hmm. own being. And we see this as we continue in the biblical narrative after the fall, where God tries to reestablish relationship with people, and this is, you know, they, they come to God, God gives commandments, they God gives the Torah, God gives all these kind of guidelines and and these... Um, ways in which people are to reflect upon the rules, reflect upon these things that God is gifting them, which a lot of times that's what the people saw this as, as a gift. And so much of it had to do with them becoming in connection with God, having an intimate relationship with God so they could come to God and ask God for wisdom on how to really do this role correctly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That whenever they were connecting again with God, with their Father, that those are some of the moments in Scripture that's highlighted of when they began to prosper uh, or increase or their rule began to grow. I mean, look at the story of the Israelites. I mean, it's a circle of how many times they fell away and came back to God, God pursuing them. But when they would come back to God, when they would be servants of him, He gave them victory over so many of the other peoples uh, of the land at that time. Um, He gave them rescue out of Egypt. He gave them uh, wealth and uh, livestock and land and crops and children. Um, When they were connected with the person that they were meant to image, blessings came from that. Now, that's not to say that there weren't other peoples on the earth at the time that didn't prosper they weren't having rule or dominion but the bible specifically gives us a snapshot at the israelites throughout scripture right. and that's the story that we see
0: right and a lot of times the the narrative is following you know it's like any type of movie that you watch right you're following the main characters and this is god's chosen people and sometimes god will choose an individual sometimes he'll choose like a family sometimes he'll choose an entire people group mm-hmm. and whenever we kind of talk about this dominion, Matt and I were kind of talking a little bit about this and kind of trying to break it down, and and Matt used this word special, that there's a certain specialness about it. You know, God created the land, the sea, the creatures, all this, and then he created man. And this Mm -hmm. is kind of one of those uh, repetitive themes where you see where the people that come later on, the second born or or anything, or even the youngest, or gets they, they get some type of blessing from God. And this is definitely what we're seeing right here, where man, although coming later, is given dominion over all those that came before. Yeah. And this specialness we see so often is you know, comes in our sessions, mm-hmm. right, where, and you may be listening to this now, not really feeling special in, in your own right, where God spent so much time in, in uh, like I said, Matt and I were talking a little before this. Matt, can you kind of even talk about, like, a little bit of this intimacy that, that God has with us, even just here in the early chapters? Yeah, uh,
1: it's beautiful. In chapter 2 of Genesis, uh, you begin to hear him describe how he created uh, uh, Adam and Eve. And he names in verse 7, I believe it is, of chapter 2, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And then it goes on to explain how God made the garden and a river flowing out of Eden, and, um, Later in in verse 18 of the same chapter, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. One of the first times we see God say, something is not good. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called Every living creature, that was his name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the heavens, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. And I love this part. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is at last, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. That we are so unique, set apart from everything else that God had created, that while he spoke things into existence with man, he got his hands dirty and formed us out of the earth. That whenever it was not good that we should be alone. That he did surgery <laughs> on us and formed a unique and beautiful helper, complement, equal to us. It is amazing that God took such precision and care in creating us. Right.
0: Well, and t- talk about this. You, Adam, Adam is created. Then, hey give names to all these things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, that is a powerful image right there, right? We are the image of God, and that is the first time where dominion is really exercised, that, that we see it. Um, Absolutely. Where there are categories now that are being created and it's being named, and it's not God telling Adam, hey, name this, this, name this, this. mm mm-hmm. um, But we get to see a little bit about what perfect harmony looks like, except it's not perfect. It was not good that man was alone. Yeah. And this is the first time that we kind of get an idea that as an image on an individual level, we are incomplete. Absolutely. And we as a people— need to actually reflect this as, as a people, right? So more than just one person, we are to act in community, we're to act in, in a certain amount of harmony with each other. Yeah. And this is a wonderful thing because, uh, so like, the, there is this specialness. And like I was saying earlier, a lot of people end up coming into our sessions, and they don't really feel special, they don't really feel unique. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy in large world today to get lost in the crowd and to feel this way. And a lot of times that experience is crushing. And the reason that it's crushing is because it's the exact opposite of what our identity truly is. So many of us feel like we're called to something more. And Matt and I see this all the time. It it makes me think of um, all the oh gosh, man, people are going to listen to this and depending on their age range, they're going to feel different mm-hmm. ways about this. But all the different uh, animes that are out there and mm-hmm. all the different cartoons that are out there, you have these kid heroes and these teenage heroes that are doing these wonderful things, uh, these great acts of power, great acts of um, contribution to like their own community or the identity or, or anything like that. And the thing that so many people relate to, whether that's it's movies or stories or anything like that, the only reason I mentioned animes and stuff is because Matt and I work a lot of teens, mm-hmm. um, is that there is something special about the main character. Right. They stand out. They're unique. Yes. And that uniqueness is something that we identify with. So often we as human beings feel we're called to be this unique, this special person because it is a part of our identity and it's said right here early on Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't use the word special but it's easy for us to see in this context that it is true
1: absolutely um if i can skip around just for a second in Mm -hmm. psalms 8 i love how it builds on that theme and this is uh, this is worship music here (laughs) this is poetry this is uh uh, David, the psalmist crying out to God. Um, but he says in Psalm eight is skipping down a little bit, uh, to verse five, and he's talking about man. What is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Uh, verse five, yet you made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion, over the works of your hands, you've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the fields, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Um, and it is just amazing to see that this theme is continued throughout scripture, where we feel this need to both uh, be self-deprecating in ourself, to see how lowly we are, Uh, because of the fall, and yet at the exact same time, what God has called us into because of the power that he has given us. And this comes up, yeah, in our counseling sessions all of the time of either i am the the worst human being i do not feel special i do not feel unique i feel lost amongst that crowd Mm -hmm. i've fallen through all of the cracks nobody loves me nobody cares about me i don't have a purpose Mm -hmm. i don't have meaning what's the point of this life that i'm supposed to live or we see this in maybe the the reverse as well of i am a big shot uh i matter to a lot of people look at all that i have um Sometimes these clients don't as often make it into the counseling session because what may appear to them uh, like I am successful in life, I do have a lot of wealth, I do have a lot of things in my life, I'm in a, a position of privilege, um, so what's the problem? You know What's, right. what's really wrong? Um, the moment that they do figure out that something is wrong, we realize that all of those things don't actually equate to what dominion and specialness is actually supposed right. to look like.
0: Well and consider this, how much in our just our own culture that someone might get the message that they're not special. Um I think that this hits me really hard because it's something that I've heard before where it's like, you know, you go to school and stuff and like, hey, like everybody else you're just like everybody else right there is nothing that you have are have gone through that other people haven't gone through before so sometimes like we hear these blanket statements and and i see it all the time in working with couples too and it breaks my heart whenever someone comes in and they don't feel special to their spouse anymore they don't feel special to their partner And there's this disconnect there, and of course there's Mm -hmm. this disconnect, because that's how we are made to be special, and we are special to God. And if you take that specialness away, it's actually an odd—and we kind of touched a little bit on this the the first time, uh, or the first episode—but if you diminish your own specialness, you are also diminishing the specialness of God then. Yes. And the uniqueness of God, since you are reflection, since you are that image, that if you are not fully being you, that's it's easy to transition into that.
1: Yeah. You know what that makes me think of, Craig? I was just thinking of uh, somewhat of what emotionally focused therapy tells us is that we are uh, longing for that emotional bond mm-hmm. uh, to feel connected. That how much that must reflect this desire to feel uh, connect or to feel special, to feel unique, to feel like we do have dominion or rule or power. Um, but in a, in a relationship, especially a, a spousal relationship, that we want to know, do I matter to you? Are you there for me? Mm-hmm. Um, am I unique and set apart for this relationship? And of course, that's important to feel like God felt that so much for us that he said it's not good for man to be alone. And he created a unique relationship where we have a unique emotional bond where we mattered to each other. So much so that Adam looked at Eve and said, at last, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. How special, unique did Eve feel in that moment to be called out by Adam like that?
0: right and I even hope while you're sitting here now listening to this that you can hear you are special and you are unique and that you can actually let that sink in that you can take that I I think it's so hard because sometimes we kind of rebuff that a little bit and it's easy whenever there's so many people to kind of say blanket things like people have it worse or Mm -hmm. you know like it's not so bad and It takes away some of the uniqueness of you and your experience and what you're going through, and it builds up, right? If we continue to use language, words, thinking that make us kind of be less unique, that our life becomes bland, and so many people are looking for a life that is more exciting, so they end up doing more devious and sinful things and only getting kind of deeper in that hole. And that's a lot of that's because they're not tapping into their own special nature. Right. But we can kind of maybe sit and talk about the, you know, how special you all are for a long time, but continuing on this kind of area of dominion. There are two other areas that we definitely want to highlight, but one of them, I think that uh, Matt was actually talking a little bit about earlier, right? Whenever we're talking uh, about, Hey, we as people being set apart and having dominion, you know, naming things, being able to uh, really rule over the land, that's an active role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are actively participating in this dominion. It isn't something like, you know, I, I always think about this, right? You, know, you think of medieval times where There's a king in their castle, and they're like, hey, go out and do this. Here's this new decree. Collect more taxes, do more things, whatever it may be. And they're just doing all that while sitting on their throne. You know, that's not really what human beings are called to be. We're called to be like active participants, that we are actively doing things. Engaged,
1: moving into the tension, Um, and it's hard work, right? Especially because of the fall.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, all throughout the biblical narratives, everyone that is called to God, they don't sit on their butt the whole time. Even whenever they are exiled in, in the wilderness, they're moving around. They're they're doing things. You know, maybe there's days where they sit and don't do much, um, but that time passes pretty quick. And we are called to be active in, yes. in establishing this dominion, whatever that looks like. And what this means for us in the current day is that God puts things in our heart for us to do. And that means that we actually have to actively engage with that. We actually have to do something about it. And a lot of times our mental health takes a huge dive when we are not doing the things that we're called to do.
1: Right. When we, because it's safer, because there's so much risk in maybe doing something or, uh fear in taking that step forward right i'm gonna get hurt something might happen where i Mm -hmm. do not actually feel very unique or powerful or in control and so it's easier to look for this the safest options of course but often that means a role of passivity right of letting things happen to us or around us and we're not very engaged or active. We're not moving into the tension. Even if that's in the the smallest little moment of an in conflict with your your spouse. Okay, I got yelled at or I got criticized or I got blamed. I'm going to show them that they can't hurt me. And so I'm going to withdraw or shut down. Right.
0: Well, I, I mean, I mean, think about this on like, just the most base level. I love that what you said about the spouse, right? Like, I'm not going to engage. So, like, if if I'm in my home right now, and, like, at this point in time in the recording, you know, my, my wife and my son, uh, this is our home, and my wife and I have dominion over this uh, over this home, which means that... It, we were actually talking about this last night. It's so mm-hmm. funny. Uh, we're talking about how things have changed over the generations where uh, a lot of times husbands and male partners are kind of being called to be more active participants in child rearing. And, well, of course, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like one of those things that you look at all the research with it, and Mm -hmm. it's an obvious research thing where it's like, hey, the more active that the fathers are— the better off the child is, yeah, almost no matter what the circumstances uh, are, unless, of course, like the father's being like very abusive or right. anything like right. that, or like there's some type that's of... That's
1: a type of dominion that's not true dominion. Mm-hmm. That is... Uh, well,
0: trying to force a dominion, that's usually not there.
1: Right. That's like a, a dictatorship mm-hmm. or uh, a being authoritarian. It's not in a loving, emotional bond. It's about rules, right? Right. Um, there actually is no safety in that. And I think that as we're called to dominion, we're called to do that in a way that breeds security and trust and safety for everything around us.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean, if you think about this, so
0: my son needs to be disciplined to do things. At the time of this recording, he's three years old. And if I let him, he'd run right out in the street right in front of a car, Mm -hmm. right? So like, you know, at the end of the day, I have dominion over my home, which means that, like, I have a responsibility to have a certain amount of control. I have a responsibility to lay down a certain amount of rules, and I have a responsibility to do that with my wife because she has dominion over that as well. Yes. So being being active is different than me coming home after work, and I'm gonna go sit on the couch and watch TV and flip th- through. Flip through channels while my wife raises our son alone. Right. Um. That's not dominion. You know, D- dominion is. You know, I-, I actually think about this. So where we live, sometimes there's flooding, right? And in dominion, might be like if there's flooding that happens, you as a community showing up to a place to make sure there are homes that are safe, or people that are safe, or being an active participant and dangers that are going on. You know, if there's wildfires helping, you know, people evacuate, well, whatever that may look like, dominion is an active thing. Now, these are big examples that we're giving. I want to mm-hmm. do kind of like a, a micro type of example. Exercising dominion can also happen on just the day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I decided to get out of bed today and, yes. and you know, If I'm struggling with mental health issues, that can be a huge chore in its own, like being able to get out of bed, having the energy to do that, having the motivation to do that. Those of you guys that suffer from depression know exactly what I'm talking about, where it's hard to do that. So sometimes even exercising dominion is being able to do small things in the area in which you live just to be able to help things out. Because a lot of times we feel like we don't really have any control. Yes. And when we don't have control, we stop doing things. Yes. We stop exercising the dominion that God's called us to have. Yes.
1: Yeah, I don't want this to sound as though earlier on when Craig and I were speaking, that if you are not active, if you're more passive, then you are less of a human being. Um, then you matter less, uh, that you're connected less. Um As we were speaking last session, or last, excuse me, I'm in counselor mode right now. As we were speaking last uh, episode, nothing can change the reality about your identity. Even if you're not fully engaging in this role of subduing the earth, having dominion, nothing changes the reality that you are created in the image of God and that you have inherent worth and dignity. We are called to have dominion over the earth and subdue it because we already have that. We don't get that by having dominion and subduing it. It's uh, an opposite way of, of thinking about things, right? In our culture today, we usually think, I have to earn my freedom, I have to earn my rights. No, already in the biblical narrative of scripture, we see the opposite is true. We already get our rights, we already get our identity set, and then we are called to go be obedient to God. Then we are called to the action. Um, But like Craig was saying, for us to be active participants, absolutely, sometimes that might just look like doing the next right thing. Getting out of bed. All right, what's next? Mm. Brush my teeth. Favorite
0: saying, right? Next right thing.
1: Yes. I love that song in Frozen 2 that sings about doing the next right thing because it's so (laughs) indicative of of mental health for us as well. Whenever I can't see the big picture, Mm -hmm. whenever I can't understand what having dominion really looks like for my future five years down the road, or even a week down the road. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this hole. Mm -hmm. What's the next thing that you can do to move into that tension?
0: Well, I think it's so important, right? So uh, I walk into my house and there is a water spot on my ceiling that's long since dried because I accidentally let my sink overflow on the second Mm -hmm. story of my house. And that sucks. I'm sorry, it it does suck. Uh, it is my own fault, and it, it's kind of a funny story now looking back on it. But what that means for me is like exercising dominion over my home. I'm responsible for taking care of that, making sure that like mold doesn't get in there, so my son and my wife don't get sick. I don't get to, you know, so none of us mm-hmm. get sick. And I I need to go ahead and do those repairs and make sure that it happens. Yeah. Well, I. Might not have the energy to do that. Might not have the finances to do that. Might not have that. So instead, I might not be able to exercise dominion over that. But there may be other things that I can exercise more dominion over that are kind of more within my, uh, you know, in counseling. Sometimes we say are like our lotus control, right? Like what, well, mm-hmm. what, what can we actually look at and what can we actually change? And it doesn't mean that we have to get everything right all the time, right? I mean, if you look through the big world narratives, people got a lot of things wrong. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Often. And that's okay, um, because... Just because we can't do things right 100% of the time doesn't mean there isn't other things in our dominion that we can start to try to do things right on that we can't do the, the next best thing on. Yes. And that feels good because it's doing exactly what we're supposed to do. I tell you what, I feel a lot better, and this is a weird and funny uh, example, I feel a lot better when I go mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I have subdued that, that, that land in some way, but... Pulled weeds out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And of course, that's just being funny, but it's also, there's a certain amount of reality to that, right? I have a piece of land that I am called to take care of, but I also have a lot of people around me in my life that I am called to take care of. Yeah. Which I think kind of goes a little bit into the third kind of portion that we want to talk about when we talk about dominion. Just because we have dominion doesn't mean that we are called to have dominion over other people. Right. I think that there are often, and I know that you see this too, Matt, where people will kind of look at the Bible and they will be like, wait, no, the Bible promotes slavery mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's, as a Christian, that's a little bit frustrating uh, because it's a loose conversation no matter what. Right. But it's important for us as believers to remember that the Bible was written to a people, and it was written in their cultural context to really help them understand and move away from some of the practices they are doing, even if you read a lot of the passages about slavery or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, because you're actually called to treat them. I mean, so this is actually so cool, right? You're called (laughs) to sit um, the slaves at the same table as the master's. Right, so in in that context, during that culture, it's almost like saying you're almost you got to have equal rights, and being able to take care of the people that are in your employ, and and, and all these different things. So it's it's something that's so key for us as human beings. We have to come back to this part where we are not set to have dominion over each other. And does that mean that like, oh, like none of us are supposed to work at big companies or anything like that? That's not what it means. What it means is that, okay, well, what does dominion actually look like when we are a part of a community? Well, a lot of times the the Bible is known as, like, you know, they talk about, like, the upside-down ways of the Bible, a lot, Mm -hmm. where uh, you see Jesus comes, and Jesus is a servant to the people, and he'll wash people's feet, and, you know, all these
1: different things, and you're like, what? This is not what they thought a leader should be. The Messiah is coming with sword and shield and on a horse to conquer, right, to relinquish us from the control of Mm -hmm. the Romans, but no, he did something very, very different. Right. And this
0: upside-down church that we're called to be in the Bible is that, hey, if you're called to have dominion and that dominion includes leading other people, Mm -hmm. that means that you're serving them, not them serving you. Absolutely. And that means that you have to treat them a, you know, certain ways you should treat them with dignity, especially because they're the image of God. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, which is the whole whole point of this, right? If I am treating someone poorly, that is the image of God. That is no different than me treating God poorly. There. Yeah. And there's a couple times where God does make this connection, right? Especially whenever He talks about like the the widowed and the poor and the mm-hmm. orphans. Um, you know, so often in the bible there are references to taking care of those people because they are the most vulnerable populations and uh this time that their time period that they're talking about and or that you know the different narratives are going through it is so hard for us to kind of come to this place cuz i don't know matt uh, i like the idea of going through facebook watching reels watching you know, TikTok or whatever it may be, and there's some people that, you know, they say some pretty convincing things on there, Hmm. and you know what, I can kind of get behind their political platforms or whatever, you know, And, and the thing is that it's easy for us to lose sight of these other people may have great ideas, these other people may have great things. That does not mean they have dominion over me.
1: Right, those other political leaders... As tempting as tempting as it is because it feels like they might be bringing order to chaos they're not God and even though we can engage on a political level for us to have hope that they're gonna bring the same kind of restoration Mm and redemption that God can bring we're wanting the kingdom of God without God in those moments where only God brings that true dominion that true sovereignty and control And yet we still get to be a part of that. And Craig's absolutely right that we are not called to have dominion over each other. But we are called to work hand-in-hand with other people, to be part of a community, part of even why God tells us to be fruitful and multiply. Like we are meant to live out our rule of this earth with other people. And, of course, once that fall happens, I mean, you see throughout the rest of Scripture and in our world today how messed up dominion gets, that there are slaves and masters, that women are so looked down upon. And yet, still, God is engaging with the culture in a way that they can understand, but also trying to bring honor and worth and dignity to those people groups that others look down upon, like women or slaves.
0: Well, and really trying to kind of push the needle in the direction that... Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a, a modern person would hope that we'd be going, right? But even the Bible actually kind of shames us now for like how this looks, right? Whenever you talk about how the Bible talks about treating other people, um, I mean, even like whenever you affront something and, you know affront somebody, whether or not it's their reputation or, or anything like that, you know, the Bible establishes very early on. Um, in the Israelite community, how they're supposed to engage each other and how they're supposed to ask for forgiveness and how they are tainted with sin, and that that means that they got to go sit outside the camp for a certain amount of days, like after mm-hmm. they do an atonement so, you know, offering and different things like that. So the, the thing is that we as people, we as human beings, we are to exercise dominion, but we have to be very mindful in how we do this and like even even on just like a deep level, you know, I think a, a lot of us want to exercise that control, but it's only through God that we really truly understand how that control looks. And this is kind of where I really love counseling, right? There's a couple things counseling that may bother me and other therapists a lot, I'm sure, but one of the things that I love about it is people will come into our sessions and you know, a while ago, like 10 years or so, people would think that they're going to come to a counselor and a counselor
1: is going to tell them what to do. All right. They're going to give them good advice. I almost never tell people what right. to do. That well, would not be helpful. Well, that's the
0: thing too. Uh, we're really good at doing this in counseling. And I think, It's not something that's spoken about in this manner, but I want to kind of make a connection here. Mm -hmm. Counselors don't do that because that would be an inefficient way. That would be an abuse of their own dominion, right? My job is to kind of sit and bear witness and reflect and understand Mm -hmm. and and help with discernment um, to help you make a decision because at the end of the day, your life, there is a dominion that you have over your life and, and what you're doing. And if I am telling you what to do, then that means I am trying to exercise my dominion over you, Absolutely. which is not what I am called to do. Right. That is not the way that God intended it. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. I wholeheartedly agree. All right. So that's actually something cool. Like as you, and like I said, it's been kind of a transition in the field um, overall. But we as people and we as counselors. A lot of times we identify that like people are going to do a lot better for themselves by making decisions for themselves. And of course they are, because that's them exercising more dominion. Now, do people make wrong decisions a lot? Totally. That's okay. Mm-hmm. There is nobody in the biblical narrative that is perfect, except we see Jesus this is right. the only one that goes through these circumstances in a perfect way. So all of us that are not Jesus— you know, I got my hand raised here. (laughs) Means that we need to understand how to exercise our own dominion. And that doesn't mean that we can't seek input. Doesn't mean that, you know, we can't ask for advice or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be us making decision rather than somebody else making that decision for us. Right. Now, does this mean that you should um, let your kids make their own decisions, well, you need to exercise some discernment there mm-hmm. and, and be able to kind of get an idea of
1: what that actually looks like for you. Yep. Um, or even in the context of community, like consider the people around you. Even though that decision needs to be your own, well, part of why we get to live in community, which I feel we are so lacking in our culture today uh, that gives us a little bit of the direction on how we make that decision, that we could listen to the wisdom of others, listen to the needs of others. Um, we don't make those de- dominion decisions in a vacuum.
0: Right. Well, yeah, and some of the wisdom that other people are sharing, that's wisdom from God. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a reason that it hits us, and it makes us feel different. It, it hits us in a different way. You know, there, it, there is something innately about us where we recognize that God's at work. And I think a lot of times whenever we see really sick people come to our sessions and and their Mm -hmm. mental health is is really in poor condition, a lot of times they aren't making a lot of decisions for themselves, or the decisions that they're making for themselves they recognize aren't really quite where they want it to be. Mm -hmm. And that's something super important when we can kind of recognize that we're being called to something and we're not really doing it. There's a disconnect there. Uh, we start to have a sort of identity crisis, and we start to reach for things that we feel like are going to fill that void, that identity crisis. That's a hard thing. There isn't anything yeah. in the world, I think, that really uh, fills that void because the thing that we're reflecting is not the world. <laughs> right. Uh, we're called to rule over the world. Not to reflect the world. We're, we're called to reflect God.
1: Yeah. I love uh, what this uh, Christian philosopher, Blaise Pascal, said that every single one of us has a mm. cross shaped hole in our heart that only God can feel.
0: Mm. So, uh, just to kind of go back over this, right? When we're talking about dominion and you know, we're talking about you being, uh, you know, you are special, you're unique, talking about you being an active participant. And we are talking about um, you being able to recognize that your dominion that you have does not mean that you have dominion over other people or that if you are exercising your dominion over other people, you're actually robbing them of their own ability to
1: have dominion. And you rob yourself because that's not what your dominion was meant for. Totally, totally.
0: Um, and, And again, I think kind of connecting this back to back to mental health in a way. I don't know why this story just popped up for me. Um, those of you guys that are familiar with Starbucks um, may know a little bit about this. Those of you guys that are not, Starbucks is a coffee chain uh, here, here in the United States. And the cool thing about Starbucks is their employee training program. Uh, did you know that?
1: Uh, I had worked for Starbucks at one point oh, in so my you, life for very, a couple months. Yeah, so I'm, pro- I'm pretty familiar. Yeah.
0: Um, so then maybe you can actually speak more to this, but well, one of the things that Starbucks is famous for is their employee training program is set forth to help them make decisions so that they don't have to go and ask their manager for help or anything like that. They are given the ability to, in this context, exercise dominion over certain things. And in fact, they're encouraged to do this. That way you don't bog down leadership with, with other things that you could potentially handle. And, um, this is training that they actually took from the military to, you know, which is uh, the military is something that, that a lot of companies try to kind of emulate with, for this kind of stuff and, and leadership stuff and different things like that. So it kind of makes sense. But I don't know. That, has that been your experience whenever you worked at Starbucks?
1: Um, yes and no. As like a young 21-year-old, how much of me was paying attention to that, yeah. that aspect of it? But yes, essentially. Right. So it's really cool
0: whenever we kind of get to the place. And I love to see this like from you know, even just on a simple aspect of like my son, like I said earlier, time, this recording is three years old. Right. So whenever I could go on there and be like, Hey, you know what? Uh, your rooms looking a little bit messy, man. Like you're running into stuff and these toys and, and different things like that. You should probably put them away. Mm-hmm. And right. So like I'm exercising dominion over my home, making sure that it's clean, safe environment. And then he exercises his own dominion by putting his toys back where he wants them to go. And that that's kind of his dominion at that age, mm-hmm. age level that he's at. Um, and that's something that we expect, right? I think that that's something that's important is that we also want to understand that dominion is very much age and cognitive level um, right. based a- in a lot of things where – Sometimes our cognitive capabilities, like we said before, they're not good. You know, if we have severe mental health, then, then your ability to exercise dominion over a high level may be diminished, and that, yeah. that's okay. You have to be able to recognize that, and you we'll have lean to— Lean on
1: that community that hopefully you have in your life as well. Recognize, is, Build your team of support, whether it's psychiatrist, counselor, doctor, um, any and all of that. One of the
0: cool slash not cool things that happens whenever someone goes through addiction treatment and they're married is that usually normally the spouse ends up taking over a huge portion of the work in the home. And as the other spouse gets sober, there becomes a conflict because the other spouse just used to taking care of everything. And now, the, now this other person's getting sober. Now they want to help with stuff. What's up with that? They are butting against their dominion Mm -hmm. that they've established. The challenging thing is that they've usually overextended their dominion. So they kind of know that they can't keep this going. They know that they can't really keep this up. And the other person's starting to come back into their own dominion. So it's not like our dominions don't run, you know, our control, they they don't rub up against each other or anything like that. And that's okay, right? That means that, like Matt said, the community, we come together with that. We understand it. We talk about it. And we treat each other like the, like the unique and special beings that we are and the intimacy that God really put into us by breathing into us, by performing surgery on us, by um, allowing us to have this type of dominion over yeah. the earth.
1: Yeah. I think we could spend whole other episodes talking about where we see the dominion in chaos still or in conflict because we butt heads with people that were around all the time. Studies have shown that in a, a healthy marriage you still disagree can disagree on a spectrum on 69 percent of things 69 percent of things that you disagree on that is a large number what seems like an even larger number is that we could agree on 31 percent of yeah. things <laughs> but that means that if we are only conver- conversating with one another so that we can agree we're gonna have a rough relationship right so In our search for dominion and subduing and ruling, well, how could we engage with people so we can listen to understand rather than to convince them to live by our rules? And man, that's where in couples counseling, sure, I see people butt heads all the time over things like dishes and laundry.
0: Right. Well,. I think that us kind of keeping this in mind, and we'll kind of circle back to this, because of course, Scripture talks about this. I know there's biblical narratives that we wanted to kind of talk about that we may not have time to kind of continue to get to. We'll get into it later. (laughs) Um, But this is pretty cool. And I think the next kind of maybe piece to go into with this is, like when we're talking about the image of God, the idea of community, which we've talked a little bit about, um, this idea of being fruitful and multiply, this idea of, uh, you know, man and woman and how they're supposed to operate. So, like, how we're supposed to operate as a spousal relationship, how we're supposed to operate, like, even a larger context as a community, and, you know, how we're supposed to really spread out. I think these are all important things about the image of God that we're going to want to continue to unpack as we Mm -hmm. continue to understand this and really continue to connect it with how it impacts our mental
1: health. Absolutely. I'm excited to dig into that with you all. I am
0: too. So thank you guys for joining us in this episode. Thank you for um, being able to kind of like sit in in some of this and being able to consider it. And uh, we appreciate this. If this episode was helpful for you, we'd ask that you, you know, get on to whatever podcasting app that you're listening to, give us a five-star review. We yeah. actually... Us a like, share us. Yeah, we'd actually even, even more would be if you'd share this with other people. Yeah. Um, let them know about this resource, other Christians, so that they can understand a little bit about maybe where some of their own mental health is, is coming into play and how it's engaging a little bit. And, um, engaging a little bit with this current culture and where we can kind of reset ourselves to what the Bible is talking about, how we are meant
1: to be. Absolutely. Yeah, I would even love to hear questions from some of you guys and mm-hmm. uh, other things that maybe we could uh, engage with, uh, give a little bit more insight on. As as much as our uh, fallible minds can understand everything that God has given us, uh, we'll engage that topic. Would love to talk more about it.
0: Perfect. Well, until next time, we wish all of you well. And remember, you are special. Thank you for listening to Mental Health Insights in the Bible. This podcast is conducted by two licensed professionals in mental health counseling, but this podcast is not meant to provide medical or legal advice and is not a substitute for personal counseling. The song on our podcast is called Indie Folk by Alexia Action, found on Pixabay.
1: If you are listening to this and feel that you may be a harm to yourself or others, please reach out to Professional because we believe your life is worth it.